Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. Welcome back. It's good to be back. Oh, every time a bell rings, Jessie Mae gets her wings and I flew back into the studio. Brand new studio space we're so excited about here and I'm back. It's been four weeks, I think. I've missed you guys. I was away. I did some traveling, some shows and we we had a great time. I went to Italy. This is an Italy recap episode, so I'll tell you all about my trip to Italy. Also, shout out to Chicago. I'll have my Chicago episode in a couple weeks. It was a great time. A couple sold out shows. Zanies in Chicago. Thank you for everybody who came out to those shows. If you guys want to see me in your town, I might be stopping through. JessieMay.com for tickets. I will be in New Jersey August 18th and 19th in Point Pleasant at Uncle Vinny's. I'm also going to be in Providence, Rhode Island at Comedy Connection. That's October 13th and 14th. I'm going to be at City Winery in New York City, October 28th, and then City Winery in Hudson Valley, the 29th. I also am coming to Arizona, the House of Comedy, the first weekend of November 3rd, 4th, and 5th. I will also be at La Jolla, La Jolla. Damn it. La Jolla Comedy Store, November 10th, 11th, and 12th. <laughs> and the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, normally I do New Year's Eve in Syracuse, but we're doing an old school type of show. I'm going to be doing the Wednesday before Thanksgiving at the Funny Bone there in Syracuse, New York. So make sure that you guys get tickets for that. JessieMate.com for tickets. Can't wait to see you. We're going to have a blast this year. A lot of new things coming out. My Netflix show should be out soon. And a lot of fun stuff. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be back. If you guys want to watch the episode of this podcast, join my fan club. Please join the fan club. Patreon.com forward slash Jessie Mae Peluso. And also, don't forget, you guys, please, please, please donate to the Alzheimer's Association. I will add my link in the show notes so you guys can make a contribution. So many of you like to send me stuff in the mail, which I love, but I would much rather if you take a dollar, two dollars, whatever you can afford, and donate to my page in honor of my father, the late, great Joe Peluso. We have a donation page there. And there's so much more I want to tell you guys. You're going to listen to this episode. It's going to be Italy recap. Please email me any questions, comments, or concerns. JessieMayPelusoComedy at gmail.com. And without further ado, I hope you enjoy this Italy recap episode with yours truly, Jessie May. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 You're beep. listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jessie May Jessie Peluso. It's a personal look well it's not really a look because it's a podcast i'm already fucking this up this is kind of like a verbal comedy diary a deep look into the crevices of my mind it's gonna get dirty you might cry you'll probably laugh hopefully you'll laugh talk about my dog sometimes each week it's something different sometimes i have a guest host sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode sometimes i just ramble about the bullshit i dealt with the week before you never know what you're gonna get it's raw uncut and funny it's me and we're recording. Welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast, everybody. We're in our new studio. It's very exciting. I have an official mic. The mic that we used years ago. It's back. I'm back. Back from Italy. And there are men working on the house. My, my area is filled with men. So if you hear noises, it is men doing various jobs. 
How is everybody doing? It's been a hot minute and it, literally hot. There's a lot to talk about. This is an Italy recap. So basically just recapping you on my Italy trip and what I experienced. Really crazy thing happened in Italy. And I saw someone that you're not going to believe. You are n- literally not going to believe who I saw. I still can't believe that I saw this person. So that's going to be at the end of the podcast. But let's talk about Italy. First and foremost, I would like to issue an official travel advisory. Now, I don't advise anyone to travel, not because of safety, but because of flavor or lack thereof. Literally no flavor anywhere here in America. And I only discovered that from leaving going to Italy and tasting, actually tasting. What I realized coming back to America, there's no taste. Taste is gone. Taste has left the building. And it's never more evident than when you travel and go to countries where they're not completely soaking their food in chemicals. When I was in Italy, I was like, oh, this is what, this is what a tomato should taste like. A freaking tomato. Has anyone bought a tomato lately? It tastes like soggy cardboard with two granules of salt on it and that's being generous i don't know what happened to tomatoes they used to be a shining star never sleep on a good tomato because it's a fruit in america it's soggy cardboard but everywhere else in the world it's a fruit and i am i'm issuing an official travel advisory has nothing to do with safety, has everything to do with flavor. Flavor's dead in America. Everywhere else there's flavor. So travel at your own risk. Because when you go to another country, and I'll even say Canada, there's even flavor in Canada, and that's a problem. That's a real problem. That's a problem when there's flavor in Canada and not in the United States. Something's happening. Something is amiss in the, in the field, and it's n- no flavor. It's gone. Flavor packed its bags and said, you know what? You guys don't appreciate me here. You don't appreciate me here. You're drowning me in pesticide. And I don't think it's cute. Flavor's like, it's not cute anymore. Whatever you're doing to me, you're disrespecting me. The disrespect of flavor in this country is astounding. So for that reason, I'm out. Okay? If flavor came to Shark Tank, I'd put all my money on it. I would look at all the other sharks like, I got this one. I'm investing in flavor. Because there is none here. Even the coffee. You just taste coffee here? Mmm. Tastes like burnt. Just burnt. Since when is burnt a flavor? That's why I don't like to go to Starbucks. All the, all the coffee tastes burnt. Well, When I was in Italy, the flavors punched me in the face. And I'm not being... I am being dramatic. But that's a part of being Italian. I can get to Como stai, amici? It, that's a part of, of being Italian, is being very dramatic. I bit into a tomato and I said, fungal. <laughs> I bit into a tomato and I said, is this what a tomato is supposed to taste like? I got so excited talking about flavor, I forgot to dress my lips. Let me dress my lips. You guys know I like to reapply and apply the gloss. Today we're wearing, well, I'm always wearing Wild Rose by e.l.f. It's my favorite lip lacquer. Enjoy it. Be a part of it. I'm just being in Italy really made me realize just the lack of flavor and how much we're putting up with. We're putting up with the bare minimum. Our taste buds are, are, are drowning in boredom. 
I'm so bored of flavor. Has anyone gone out to eat lately? And you're like, nothing's good anymore. What happened to food? What happened to dining out? What happened to quality control? There's no more quality to control, so there's nothing to control whatsoever. So they're like, hey, well, there's no flavor. The FDA is so focused on, you know, ingredients and nutrition facts. There should be some way to gauge flavor. There should be a flavor dial on food from now on. There should be, you know, the fat, the calories, the carbohydrates, and there should be a flavor percentage. Because I tell you, if we started that now, the flavor percentage would be near 0%. And your food should have to reach a certain percentage of flavor in order to be boxed, shipped, and sent out to the consumer. I'm pissed. I'm real pissed. But Italy was quite an experience. I've been there before. This was a very long trip. And I learned a lot about myself. I, I, I had this thought, many thoughts while I was in Italy, and I wrote them all down for you. But while I was in Italy, the kid who defaced the Colosseum was defacing the Colosseum. I actually was in Sorrento when that happened. And then since then, some other girl has also etched. And I had this conspiratorial thought that maybe this is just distraction. We're like, oh my God, they're defacing the Colosseum. Meanwhile, a few more kids get abducted and a couple more women go missing and, and some other bullshit law gets passed and we're just completely distracted by the tourists who are defacing the Colosseum. Like that really matters in the grand scheme of things. I'm not saying we should go out and deface things. Okay. I'm not about this like iconoclasm that's happening in the world where everyone's tearing down statues. And I don't have that much of a, an emotional connection to a statue of somebody so much that I want to tear it down. That being said, it probably felt pretty freaking good when the Berlin Wall came down. Maybe some things should be torn down. But I didn't think like, oh, man, my world's going to end because this guy's etching into the building. But then again, it's like, how do you not know? Maybe it's a failure of our education system, not just in America, from from his country as well. Maybe it's a failure in education in general and maybe a failure in, in parenting that there's no respect for history there there's no respect just for anything let alone flavor <laughs> I never could. i'm gonna tell you right now i'm gonna try to have all these other conversations but i'm still furious about the flavor situation where i i really want to talk to to what's his name with the hair uh, the guy who stole my joke when i did minute to win it uh, Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. I really want to talk to him and ask him about flavor. What does he think is happening in the world? That's what we need to do. That's the only time I would actually want to sit down with him is, is to, to see what he thinks about flavor. Not that I would trust a guy in a flaming button-up bowling shirt and bleached hair about flavor and, and when it comes to taste. <laughs> but I still am curious what he thinks. But... Back to the kid in the Colosseum. That was happening while I was in Italy. And, and I, one thought came to my mind, and it was, are you not detained? Why is this kid not just put in jail for a little bit of time? I think that's what's missing. A little bit of accountability. A little bit of, of reparation and repercussion. And I don't know, people actually getting in trouble. Remember getting in trouble? It feels like people don't get in trouble anymore because the powers that be are afraid of being sued. I think we need to bring back repercussions. 
small and large. There's a spectrum of it. Whether you etch on a historical edifice or if you kill someone. There's got to be repercussions across the board. And it can't be a slap on the wrist. Not just a slap on the wrist. We need a real repercussion. And I said, throw him in the Coliseum with the tiger. You're, the crime, the punishment has to fit the crime. <laughs> Toss him in the Coliseum. See how he likes it when his body gets etched by a claw of a tiger. He's not going to like it. There's no laws with the claws, baby. Not even in Rome. So I just thought the world has gone crazy. I think maybe from us being on our phones so much, we've lost respect of items, of figures, of historical monuments, of people. It makes us forget. It makes us forget like where we came from, who we are. We, it, it feels like people have lost respect to, to lineage and... It makes me kind of sad. It makes me a little sad. So I don't know what has since happened to this kid. I'm sure maybe he's gotten his 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 due process. And you guys are screaming at the podcast. I can't keep up with every single news story because it causes me so much anxiety. But speaking of anxiety, travel definitely alleviated that for me. I really, really shut down. As you probably know, if you guys listen to the podcast, we took about three or four weeks off completely. And I thought, you know, there's something that I've learned about and something that I really believe in, the value of scarcity and the value of stepping away and just taking a real break. And it was really hard for me to do that. It was really hard for me to not do a thousand things. And also I learned areas where I need to improve. And, and sometimes you have to stop everything to know where you need to start again. And I learned a lot. I really did. We did a lot of really cool things in Italy. One thing I learned is people travel in different ways. People have different ways of traveling and different ideas of vacation. For me, my idea of a vacation truly is a life I don't need a vacation from. But if I am lucky enough and was lucky enough to go on vacation, my idea of vacationing is reading, soaking up a little sun, stuffing cheese, bread, and wine down the gullet, and napping. That's all I want to do. With sprinkles of meandering around the town and around the area learning the language when I was in Greece I knew a little bit of Greek I know a little bit of Italian enough to strike up a conversation order some wine cheese and bread and talking to the locals figuring out what the locals like to do that's my idea of vacation meandering munching and napping truly I went with my family and they were on a freaking itinerary these people micromanage their vacation. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are we doing here? Why are there 37 items on the Dias today? Why is there a Dias? It's Sorrento. Why is there a schedule? I'm on the Amalfi friggin' coast. Is there a calendar update? What, why? What are we doing? It's a real sign that you need a vacation from your vacation if you micromanage your vacation. Just an FYI for all of you out there. And I probably sound somewhat elitist talking about how to vacation while you're on the Amalfi Coast. But if you're smart enough, savvy enough, and have resources and willpower, you can create a vacation. You really can. You can create a vacation any day, any time of the day, and you can do it any way you want. 
even if it just involves going down to the dollar store, buying some water toys and one of those cheap blow up pillows, <laughs> pools, throwing a pillow in it and just putting that in your backyard. Even if it means a vacation from the people in your life. There's so many ways you can take a vacation. And I think we get stuck on what everyone else tells us vacation is and what we've been told vacation is by other companies. We need this luxurious catamaran around Lake Cuomo with, and maybe get a glimpse of George Clooney in a mall. Just choke on a baguette. Choke on some, some rigatoni. You know what I mean? It, you don't need to do what everyone else tells you you need to do. Figure out what vacation means to you and take it, even if it's just for five minutes. Hell, meditation can be a vacation for, for a smart person with, a, with enough focus and, and, and creativity. Meditation can be a vacation. <gasps> Excuse me. But we did do a lot. There was a lot on the itinerary, and that was overwhelming for me, if I'm being completely honest. I was overwhelmed by the itinerary that we kept. It caused me to retract a little bit and find my own time, wander around. And when I wandered, I found and discovered the, my most favorite parts of, of the trip. And I happened upon a, a statue that was dedicated to a bunch of soldiers in Sorrento, uh, thousands of soldiers in Sorrento that lost their lives. It was this really cool angel statue i think it was called morse mortals and it was so beautiful it was really gothic and had all the names of the the fallen soldiers and just down the street from that meandering a little bit more i discovered saint francis church which was the the i believe the um he was uh, had to do with nature he was like uh sort of involved in all with all the animals he had like a bunch basically he adopted dogs saint francis so it's me as a god if you will as (laughs) as a disciple of god basically he was the mother nature but the man version because everything is about men anyways i'm not that type of girl but you know it's like where are all the women oh the only one you guys called a whore cool so um I did discover a lot on my own and was able to meander. But on the docket of itinerary items that we did, one of my favorite was dinner at Famous Barbara's. And if you look on TripAdvisory and do at-home dinners, there are very few. This woman cooked dinner in her home in Rome and had a dinner party. And she has a bunch of reviews. It basically was like an Italian murder mystery. And this woman was amazing. Barbara, she's a butcher's daughter and her family had a butchery for years and they've been involved in the food industry in Rome for years. And she opened her home and opens her home to tourists. And there was about, I don't know, 15 of us there, my cousins and I. And it really did feel like an Italian murder mystery. First of all, the decor was not of one style. It was every style you could ever imagine in this unair-conditioned Roman apartment. And it was so cool. Everything, nothing fit and everything worked somehow. And I think it just had to do with how authentic this woman was. And the food was not short of that at at all. It had such authentic, authentic flavors and it was so creative. And there was a lot of different people there. I was like, for sure, one of us is not going to make this. We're not going to make it out alive. For sure. 
I definitely looked around at all the different people at this dinner party and thought for sure one of us is not making it out alive. And I'll be damned if it's not me. I will claw. I don't care if the lady's 80. I'm coming at you, miss. I'm going to come at you because I've got a will to live. There was like this Australian couple on their honeymoon. They had never seen snow. Tell me why when they were telling this story, the woman had on, a, she had a flat screen TV, which didn't fit this place. This place, any electronics sort of took away from its really charming decor. I felt like the TV was, a, was an eyesore. But while this Australian couple was telling us about the fact that they had never seen snow, on the TV, on the woman's Pandora mix, Rod Stewart was up singing Let It Snow. So I'm sitting here at this Italian murder mystery house, listening to this Australian couple tell me how they've never seen snow, listening to Rod Stewart sing a rendition that I never knew he even cut. And let me tell you, Nancy loved Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart was whipping around the house all the time in my youth. Never once did I hear his Christmas classics. And now I'm thinking Nancy was holding out. Now I'm, now I'm thinking I got to go home and look through my mom's hidden boxes and see what kind of Christmas classics are stuffed under the bed that she kept for herself. Rod Stewart let it snow in the middle of summer in Italy, spun me into a psychedelic trip I was not prepared for. <laughs> there was also this other guy, and his name was Reese, and he was this big, red-nosed Floridian guy with a, with a southern accent. He's like, my name's Reese, just like the peanut butter cups. <laughs> he did one of them shoulder laughs. <laughs> I love... I love all people, to be honest. I really do. And anybody who knows me knows that. I'm a joy machine. There's a certain love I have for larger people who jiggle when they laugh. There, it, it fills my soul. And I'm not even trying to, like, fat shame. I, I seriously love when big people giggle. It makes me so happy. And he's just like this big, jovial, red-nosed Floridian. And I was like, where in Florida are you? He's like, well, Florida's a gun and I'm on the, on the handle. And I was like, wow, Reese, that was descriptive. I never knew that Florida was a gun, like the actual shape of the state is a gun. And so I've learned a lot on this trip, on this <laughs> Roman tour, when in Rome. It was, it, her house really was like if TLC did Hoarders, the Italy rendition, the Italy edition. It really was borderline, not even borderline, it was over the line and back hoarding, but it worked. For some reason, it worked, and her dishes were so delicious, beyond delicious. It, it The flavors haunt me to this day. She had a, a seafood risotto, and again, flavors. There were actual flavors, and it made me realize just deprived, how deprived we are here in America. She had a seafood risotto. She had grandpa's lasagna that was her grandfather's recipe from Italy. We're not talking about like Luigi, your grandpa, who, who's a first generation. We're talking about an actual grandfather who didn't know a lick of English making lasagna. She made gnocchi with spinach and gargazola that made me want to punch Reese in the neck. She had been doing this and has been doing these dinner parties for like 10 years. And she loves it. She does it five nights a week. She does 15 people's in, people a night. And she makes a different meal every time. So she says, and I believe her because her ratings are very high. It was just such a unique experience. And while I was so frustrated with the heavily padded itinerary, 
this gem of an excursion, if you want to call it that, really was an experience, was worth all the other walking tours that they had on the list. And we didn't even get to all of them because it was too much. I told them, I'm like, guys, why are you, why are we taking meetings? What are we doing? Why are we scheduling everything? We even missed our Vatican tour. I've, I had already been to the Vatican, so I didn't feel like I needed to go twice. I suggest everyone goes once, but when you exit through the gift shop and they start pushing palpal bookmarks down your throat, you're like, I get, the, I get what's going on here. I understand. I mean, don't you guys, haven't you guys already succeeded enough as a Catholic church? Have you already caused enough of a ripple in society? I think you're doing okay. Even when you weren't doing okay, you were still doing okay. But we missed that tour. But this was really, really special. I suggest everyone, anyone who knows somebody who's going to Italy, if you get lucky enough to go to Italy, you have to look up Barb and, and do that dinner. And, you know, that's, that's, that's what I wanted. I wanted that experience. I want that type of Italy experience. I want that Nona experience where she cooks for you, she swats at you, she swears at you, and then puts you to bed. That's the type of experience I want. That's the real Italian experience. If, if, if Universal were ever to open up like a ride to experience Italy, it would just be some heavily breasted Nona in like a wrap and gray hairs pick peeking out with smelling like flour and dough and she's swearing at you and sweating and swatting you and then she tucks you in into bed with like a lemon cookie that should be the ride at universal now that we're in the thick of summer you might be looking for wholesome convenient meals to support sunny active days factor america's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door you'll save time eat well and stay on track reaching your goals are you too busy running around during the day to think about lunch so am i Keep your energy up with Lunch To Go, effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go. No microwave needed or required. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. We offset 100% of our delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for our production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in our meals. Yum, yum. I'm ready for flavor. Listen, guys, you guys can head to factormeals.com slash sharp50 and use code sharp50 to get 50% off. That's code sharp50 at factormeals.com slash sharp50 to get 50% off. <laughs> That's a lot of 50. Just check the show notes and click the link. There was one gripe with the dinner party. There was this guy from New York, this man, Cuban guy, half Cuban, and he kept touching my thigh when he was talking to me. And guys do this, guys have done this gentle, dominant type physical communication where they, they it's not overtly sexual, but it's heavily undertoned in, in sexuality. And also heavily undertoned in like dominating you in a gentle way. But this guy was like touching my thigh. And I had a, a dress on. He was touching my bare skin with his hand. My thigh with his hand. Telling me a story. Now look, I'm Italian. A lot of you out there are like, oh, don't be that girl. Don't be a man hater. I'm not. You know I'm not. I, I love men. I was raised by an amazing man. This is not a man hating campaign. But check yourself. Check yourself and check your fingers. If you want your fingers. 
If you want to keep your fingers, keep them off my thigh, is all I'm saying. Since when did you get a ticket to my thigh? She's got a ticket to ride? Well, you don't have a ticket to thigh. So get your fingers off of them. It's just this gentle little like, uh, can't you tell the story without touching my thigh, fella? Please. And he, then he went and was telling my cousin a story, touched her thigh. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm going to throw grandpa's lasagna at the guy from New York. If he doesn't get his fingers off our thigh and back onto the dish, there's going to be a problem. There's going to be a freaking problem. Well, we, we had an amazing meal. It was my cousin's birthday. Barbara was so classy. She even made a custom pistachio gelato dessert by walk into the ocean, never come back, please decease. The flavors punched me in my flavor station. The flavors choked my taste buds. My mouth, my, my tongue died a thousand times at that dinner. Pistachio gelato, homemade pistachio gelato. <laughs> then you come back to Ralph's and you go in the frozen food aisle and you grab that frozen fucking ice cream and you're like what is this where's barbara where's babs when you need her well we roamed luckily my cousin was open to roaming in rome we roamed and the day that we missed the vatican tour we decided let's go roam in rome before we have to catch our train to sorrento let's just go roam around and in doing that we discovered a great shop there's a just great shopping there i know people are don't always condone buying leather but leather lasts unfortunately and hopefully it's humanely manufactured i can't control everything i buy in my life i do is is the best i can when it comes to purchasing humane products and being mindful of that but i feel like italy and my cousin said this and she's right is known for linen lemons and leather sorrento specifically but in rome there was some great leather goods and we bought a couple leather goods and then we stumbled upon this cute little square, this adorable little square and in a hotel. It was, um, oh God, I could look it up on my phone. It, it's, you just take a right down the one street and then you make a left. It was this beautiful square and there was this paparazzi chaos across the street. My cousin and I decided to sit down and have a glass of rosé and some bread. That's my favorite thing about Italy. It's like, is it 8 a.m.? Is it 8 p.m.? We're always ready for rosé and bread. No judgment. Actually, you do get judged if you don't order rosé or bread. So figure it out. Get in where you can fit in in Italy. And we're sitting there having a beautiful glass of rosé. And this another Australian couple was sitting next to us. And they were so fun. They had lost all their luggage. All their luggage had been lost and, and they weren't going to get it back anytime soon. They certainly weren't going to get it back on their vacation because the way their vacation was planned, they weren't going to be in a place to be able to get it. And they were fine. They said, you know what? We got each other. We realized we packed too much anyways and we feel freer. We feel freer. And I, and I just loved that. I loved that attitude. You know, because when you travel, the one thing you really learn is how much you're carrying. When you travel, you realize you're carrying too much, whether it's luggage, whether it's people, whether it's the past. If you're lucky enough to go on vacation, it really gives you 
the perspective you need. And if you're open to it, makes you realize just how much you're carrying that is holding you down. Whether it's the piece of luggage you packed or whatever you won't let go from the past. And these, this couple really were uh, an example of that. And so Allie and I finished our rosé and we really wanted to see the Spanish steps before we had to leave Rome. We're like, where are the Spanish steps? We just we're walking and I'm like, they got to be around here somewhere. And we're walking down these stairs and I'm like, gosh, darn it. I thought the map said they were right around here. Just so many stairs that her and I are walking down and we're like, the Spanish steps have to be somewhere. They got to be somewhere. We were walking down the Spanish steps, loudly saying, where are the Spanish steps? And the one thing I will say that Italy is also known for is really, really creative pickpocketers. Pickpocketers. Peter Piper picked a pick of peppers. Pickpocketers. And and scammers. And there's something because it's such a romantic culture and romantic society. You're like, oh, you just stole from me. You don't even realize you get romanticized by the theft. But while we were on the Spanish steps, my cousin was taking photos and I'm just kind of standing there in this rather dirty older gentleman smiled at me and he was holding a flower and he kept smiling at me and you know and I'm, I'm a street smart girl I I left the house when I was 18 I lived in Boston I lived in New York I've lived on my own since I was 18 I'm, I'm very street smart this guy caught me slipping in Italy don't be slipping in Italy he caught me slipping and was smiling at me with the flower and I'm like what oh my god you're so old and why are you looking at me and that's the thing about when you're traveling you have to keep your wits about you it's the unfortunate reality and the unfortunate truth you kind of have to stay on your toes a little bit because people will catch you slipping on that travel brain and he hands me the flower and I go no 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 because in the back of my mind I'm like I lived in New York I know this move I know this move the moment I touch it is the moment you expect a transaction. And now I'm locked in. I'm locked into the flower scam. So I'm like, no, 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 no. Please, no flower, no flower. And he kind of smiles. And I, I find Allie. I go over to Allie. And I kind of turn around. And he goes to hand me the flower. And I'm like, he just wants to give me a flower. This guy, I, f- I felt so bad. I'm like, here I am judging this gentleman. He just wants to give me a flower. I take the flower. And he goes, where's my money? Give me the money. Don't you have the money? Why don't you give me the money? I gave you a flower. Give me the money. And I'm like, son of a... You got me. You got me, Italy. Damn, that helicopter's close. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but literally a lot of action over here. A lot of action over here in California. But the guy got me. And I, I was like, damn it. Can't find the steps. Now I'm getting caught up. Italy caught me slipping. Italy really caught me slipping. You know, it, it just, it, it was such an amazing trip. I learned so much. I learned how much I'm carrying. I also learned that you're never really lost. You know, we're all kind of like fish swimming upstream in the river of Rife. What? Matt Rife? <laughs> we're all like fish swimming upstream in the, in the river of life, not Rife. And I feel like if you go too fast, like so many of us do, we just, we're constantly going, we're swimming fast, you end up missing everything. And if you don't slow down, that's when, that's when the shit hits the fan. When we keep going, we don't slow down. That's when everything falls apart. We run ourselves off our own track. And so you have to 
find some time to slow down and realize you're never really lost. You're right where you're meant to be. One foot in front of the other. Whether you're on vacation, whether you're headed to a job, whether you're headed to break up with somebody, one foot in front of the other. You're never really lost. You're right where you're meant to be. And I felt that way in Italy. I felt I was like right where I was meant to be. And all of us are doing our best. Even the the hot garbage lady that I saw in Italy, hottest trash lady, like like a municipal worker out in the streets emptying the public trash cans. Gorgeous, gorgeous woman. Even the women who are cleaning the garbage in the train station. I thought I was being punked. I'm like, what, why are models emptying the trash? And we need to do this in, in L.A. We need to make these women work. Because hot women in L.A., they don't work. They, they, they marry your grandfathers. And there's nothing wrong with that. I respect the game. But it's a little bit savvier in, in, in the United States than it is in Italy. Women are working hard. Sometimes it's confusing. You can't tell who's working. You can't tell what's what. Especially where there's cultural differences. You're, you're, you don't know what's what are the customs. That's why it's important to just read up on a culture before you go. Read up on the rules and understand how certain things work. Because I was in the train station and I went to use a bathroom and there was a turnstile there. You had to pay to pee. I had never seen that before. You had to pay to pee. I don't know if it was double to go number two, but you had to pay a dollar to pee. And I thought, what if somebody just needs to go in and fix something? What if I just need to make an adjustment? A lot of women need to make adjustments. We need to make our womanly adjustments. I need to pay for that because that feels like a feminist issue. This feels like inequality. We need to discuss. Can we have a town hall meeting about this pay machine at the, at the bathroom? But the woman who was running the, the pay machine did not look like the lady emptying the trash. Apparently, there's a hierarchy of workers in the train station, in the Rome Termini train station, because the women who were emptying, emptying the garbage were drop-dead gorgeous models. And then the woman working in the bathroom, I said, oh, dear Lord, from, from what Italian bridge did this troll crawl from under? And I mean that in the nicest way. And she yelled at me. I went through the turnstile because it still worked. That's the thing. Like, they have these rules, but everything's broken, so nobody really abides by them. They're like, yeah, it says to pay, but the turnstile works. Just go through. And I go through, and this woman with the largest chin mole with a very thick hair out of that mole that looked like a friend was screaming at me. Screaming at me in Italian. You need to pay. You need to pay. Use the bathroom. You need to pay. And I was like, I just want to pee. I just want to pee. And, and I didn't have any euro on me. I almost had urine on me because I didn't have euro on me. And I just left. I left and I held, I held it out of spite. I was very pissed off at myself for not knowing this rule. I still felt like I was getting scammed at the pee turnstile. And this was after the guy in the rose. So, you know, I had felt a little beaten down by Italy in the streets. And by the time I got to the turnstile and it was asking me for a euro to go urine, I just had lost it. I really had lost it. That's it. I just absolutely lost my mind. And another observation is the pillows are terrible in Italy. The pillows are terrible almost everywhere you travel to. What happened to pillow quality? Every once in a while you get a great mattress. You never get a good pillow. I thought for sure the things that are going to be better in Italy are the bread, the tomatoes, and the pillows. Nope. The pillows are terrible. Terrible. I, I, I had to book a chiropractic appointment when I got back from Italy just from these... It was like breadcrumbs. That's what their pillows were made out of, breadcrumbs. It was brutal. 
And I, I didn't know that that was a situation. Nobody likes pillows in Italy. You guys just are so happy with your life during the day that sleep quality doesn't matter to you. That's how you know how crappy it is where you live if your sweep, sleep clock... <laughs> we almost made it through. If your sleep quality is really important. If you need really good sleep, it must mean that during the day it's horrific. It must be to balance out the, the reality during the day. Because they don't care about sleep in Italy. They sleep on floors. They're like, we don't need sheets. We don't need a pillow. Have you seen the outdoors? We're good. We're sleeping for six minutes now, and we'll take a, a cat nap at 3 p.m. We're good. We don't need all the stuff you guys need. And that was another thought I had. I wondered, what do people in Italy stress about? I wonder what makes Italians stressed, because it didn't look like a lot. It looked like the entire society functioned on this understanding that everything's going to be good. And it made me think, why do Americans stress so much? And you look at our society and we're constantly rebuilding, we're constantly improving, we're constantly renewing, and we have new cars every year, every year and we have new gadgets and an updated iPhone and, and new technology, new this, new that. Everything's new, 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 new. We're constantly redoing stuff and we're not happy. You look in Italy, nothing's fixed. They just redo the paint. Progress is very slow in that society, and yet they're not nearly as stressed as we are. Now, this is just my opinion, what I, what I observed. I could be wrong. I'm sure on a, another level, there are a lot of people suffering. There's a lot of poverty and people living in squalor, like every society, like every culture across the world. But from a bird's eye view, observing the people, it seemed to be much less stressful, and it made me realize just how much we stress about and the other thing that was interesting that made me annoyed is that they were playing American music at the restaurants. I want to escape. I'll, I'll take Tony Bennett, RIP. RIP to Mr. Tony Bennett. I'll take Tony Bennett in Italy. I'll take a Frank Sinatra. I'll take a Dean Martin and a Jerry Lewis even. I don't want Kylie Minogue from the 2000s. I do not want a Britney song. I do not want to hear Lady Gaga. And I love them. I sure as hell don't want to hear Leonard Skinner. Countries need to have enough confidence to know that we want to be lost in your sauce. Get me lost in the sauce. Because the sauce already tastes amazing. But when I've got Backstreet Boys in the background, I feel like I'm back at the Olive Garden. Do you understand? I know I'm not. I know the, the flavor and the quality is on another level. But the music really messes up the ambiance. You know what I'm saying? Let me get lost in the Italian ambiance and don't play Beyonce. Do you feel me? I don't want ambiance in my Italian restaurant. And that's just a little PSA for all of the world. People who run restaurants, play your society's music. We don't need to understand what they're saying. You are, you are helping us lose ourselves in your culture. Please and thank you. Don't think that I didn't think about overheard. Now, even though we do overheard in the farmer's market here in L.A., I kept my ears open and I ha had one overheard in Italy that I think is pretty universal. And this is going back to Dashel. Don't put that in your mouth, honey. You're going to choke, which I'm probably going to have to have Deb grab that first audio file. 
when we do overheard, that will be our, that will be the sound that plays. We'll do a little graphic and everything, make this an official segment. But overheard in Italy, I have to tell you a funny story. It's never a funny story, is it? It's almost like the person who's telling the story knows that whatever they're about to tell is so not funny that it needs to come with some sort of psychological trickery of telling me that it is funny. It's almost like a reverse psychology in a sense where you're prepping me to think it's funny, but even though you do your best and it's really your worst, nothing changes. It's a horrible story. So why don't you just say, I have to tell you a mediocre story because then you're starting at a realistic level. Then maybe if you get some confidence because you've taken all the pressure off of yourself to tell this funny story, you'll actually make it funny. So from now on, when you're about to tell someone, I have a funny story to tell you, tell them I have a mediocre story to tell you and see how that goes. Let me know. Shoot me an email. It was a lot of fun. I learned so much. I really, I really was able to escape and I needed it. And it made me realize just how much more I want to escape and how much deeper I need to go and how much more time I need. Because I also want to be able to live life and also podcast on it, but also experience it and be so present so that when I'm telling you about it, you can feel what I felt when I was in the moment. And it was just so interesting to realize just how much I had been carrying. I've been carrying for these years and podcasting through it all, podcasting through my dad's illness and his death and COVID and my mom's abrupt illness and her death and not really realizing that I might, had, I might have needed a little bit of a break for myself and to listen to other people's podcasts and to sort of just escape a little myself and, and not feel guilty about that. And, and being in Italy was so magical for me, even though it was frustrating for various reasons, mainly because of how I like to travel and, and, and finding some balance with traveling with other people who like to do other things, which they have a right to. I really learned how much we're carrying, how much we carry too much, and, and we have too much of a heavy load. And, and you're never really lost. And the more lost you allow yourself to get, you realize you're right where you need to be and to put one foot in front of the other and to trust that you're going to discover something magical. And I did so many times. And I also realized we stress over the wrong things in this society besides flavor. We have a right to be stressed over the lack of flavor. I see you, sweet greens. I don't see sweets. I just see greens. And they don't taste even like grass. At least make my greens taste like grass. I don't mean to get specific, but, and I don't want to call anybody out. I just did. It's okay. It's also just a frustrating situation to feel like you spend all this money and you're eating cardboard. It's a little frustrating, but I did learn a lot. And another interesting thing before I get into telling you guys who I saw, and you're not going to believe who I saw was there was this gender-bending part of the culture in Italy that was really interesting to me. It was interesting to observe men interacting with men. And I assumed these men were straight. They gave me straight energy. But just in general, take sexual orientation away. The way men interacted with each other in Italy was so interesting. Their hand gestures and the way they used 
nonverbal communication, obviously, is very quintessential Italian communication. But men kiss each other. I saw men kiss each other on the cheek. They do the double. I saw men kiss on the lips. I, and not in like an overtly romantic way. Literally like Luigi and Mario just coming together and saying hi for lunch. It didn't feel sexual. There were, speaking of sexual, there were so many Speedos. They love Speedos. Speedos and SpaghettiOs should get together and figure it out. It was really, really jarring sometimes to see some of these guys in a Speedo. But I will say the general Italian physique is pretty slim. Pretty slim. So you turn around and it's not as jarring as if you were at like the New York State Fair and some guys walking around in a Speedo. That could make you lose your lunch. But here in Italy, in Italy, the men are so different. Their hand gestures, the way they carry themselves, how they greet other men, what they wear. It's almost as like there isn't this insecurity or this desire or need to be overtly masculine. That they're root, they're so like rooted in their communication and they're so rooted in who they are that they feel comfortable being in a Speedo. And there was a lot of straight men with little dogs, teeny, teeny little dogs, grown Italian men with pasta bellies and little poodles. And it filled my heart with joy to see these large Italian men in their pinky rings walk in a teeny dog. I thought all is right in the world. All is right in the world and we overthink everything here. That's why, Ita- why Americans are so stressed. We overthink. We overthink. We, over sh- we overproduce. We're making too much and we're not, and we're not relaxing enough. We're th- overthinking, overproducing, and underfeeling. And that might be one of the reasons why we can't taste anything. We're too stressed to taste flavor. Well, I was able to relax. I was able to be in the moment. I was able to connect with me, connect with Jessie Mae, the little girl. And it was an interesting, it was an interesting experience. And I'm going to tell you who I saw that you're not going to be able to believe who I saw. I was reading this book while on vacation and it's called One Italian Summer. And this book, uh, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes so you guys can read it. It's about this girl who whose mother becomes sick and who falls ill. But before she succumbs to the disease, I think it's cancer that she has, they plan to go to Italy. And that's all I want to tell you because if you're, you really should read the book. It's got a great story to it and it's beautifully written and I thought well this is an interesting book there's some parallels here for me I want to read this book and 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 go to Italy oh my lights just shut down (laughs) sorry guys the studio oh god the power grid they did warn us about the power grid issues so let me get through this story hopefully the podcast won't shut off I was reading this book sitting on the balcony of my hotel on um the main street in Sorrento and this book, the girl's talking about her mother and missing her mother. And I just put the book down and thought to myself, I really would like to look over and just see my mom. I miss seeing her. I miss her face. I miss her smile. I miss her eyes. I just want to see my mom. 
And I, and I really was connected to that thought and that feeling. And then I opened my eyes and I looked down below on the street and there's no one on the street. It's early in the morning, except for this one woman who looked so much like my mom that it took my breath away. It was my mom. I saw her from the side. She wore a dress that my mother definitely had in the style of dress that my mother would wear in the summer. It's a just like a jersey style tank top dress. It's kind of tightly fitted, a little bit loose, fits just right, very classy, comes just above her knees with a little bit of a tie-dye print. She had a crossbody, small leather purse that my mother would have had with just one simple zip pocket on the top. She walked like my mom. She had hair like my mom. She had body language like my mom. It was my mom. It was her essence. It was everything. It was it was this insanely powerful and all-encompassing moment that I had with my mom. And I'm so focused on this woman. And I'm, I didn't realize I, I was bawling. My tears were streaming down my face. I was so tuned in and I was so tapped into this woman walking who was my mother that I didn't even realize I was crying. And I, I went to fumble and I thought, I- I'm going to go down to her. And then I thought, no, there's not enough time because I was up on a balcony. And then I thought, I need a photo. So I snapped a photo and I showed it to my sister and she just was dumbfounded. And so was my stepfather. And I told them the story and I said, I saw her. I know how crazy this sounds. And I know she's gone. I know my mother's dead. But I, I also know I saw her. And there's a reason I probably saw this woman from the side, because had I seen her straight on, maybe this experience wouldn't have been as profound and powerful, but I saw her. She was there with me. And it was almost like in that moment, I was able to connect so much to my desire and asking to see her that the universe rewarded me because I actually was tuned into something that I wanted that didn't have to do with anything other than love and, and to experience love and to see my creator again my mother not god even though my mother was was like god to me it was so powerful and i'm not even trying to make sense of it i know what i experienced and anyone out there who's had a similar experience please email me i want to hear your story so i'm i know i'm not crazy jesse may peluso comedy at gmail.com tell me if you've had a similar experience with a loved one who's passed or any sort of experience that you can't explain like that. Because I'm in this moment and I knew this moment was for me. Had I sat in any other seat, had it been another time of day, had I been reading another book, any anything that could have been off and I wouldn't have seen this woman. And I wasn't meant to get a photo of her right when the picture would have been better and clearer because the photo I I grabbed was her all the way down the street because it it took me watching her that long and having this experience that long to realize, oh, I might want to document this. That's another thing. Maybe not all things are meant to be documented. You know, there is this, this, this idea that part of our memory lapse in this culture because we're documenting too much of what we're meant to just be experiencing. When you experience something without recording it, you internalize the memory. But when you record something, when you're out with your family or, you know, you're taking photos, taking videos, you're not 
fully downloading the experience for yourself. That's the irony of when we're recording is that we're not actually recording a memory as much as we would if we were just in the moment and having fun and letting our soul and our heart record it for us. So I think that's probably why I didn't grab my phone right away is that I was able to step away. I had been on vacation for a few days enough to let go of things I had been holding on to and not caring so much that I created some space to be able to even have this moment in the first place. And I plan to have more moments like that. I plan to have more moments where I can be present because it seems like in those moments there's real magic and it seems like in those moments we can experience pure love and experience something mystical. And I was sober. I hadn't even had a cup of coffee at that point. And it was the most psychedelic experience I ever had in my life. And it really filled me with hope and it filled me with peace and it let me know that I'm never really lost I'm right where I'm supposed to be and I look forward to your emails you guys let me know if you've experienced anything similar also make sure if you want to check out the video for this podcast you go and join my patreon and think about things you can let go of to lighten your load and maybe be more present to experience something magical in your life thank you guys so much Italy part two next week Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.